Welcome to the Battleground Wisconsin. My name is Matt Brusky and I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action and mm. Cup of Coffee, yummy, yummy. Welcome to the last week before the big Battleground Wisconsin battle for who's going to take Wisconsin. And we have a guest panelist this week. Joanna Bouch is with us. Joanna is our Movement Politics Director here at Citizen Action. Joanna, good to have you. So great to be on the Battleground Wisconsin podcast to be talking about this exciting election day we have coming in less than a week. Yes. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you. And Joanna is subbing for Claire. Claire is extraordinarily busy. And we'll just put a plug in for Claire. Claire helped organize an amazing uh, moving event this week. I think a number of our listeners, I'm sure you saw the 600 chairs in Milwaukee County and the national news to help really like ground us in what we are facing. Um, and with that, I do need to, before we get into it, introduce Robert Craig, our executive director, and our other panelist. Robert, good to have you. A good day to and happy election week to our digital and our radio audience. And um, the chairs Matt was talking about were empty ones for the COVID deaths, just to fill in a little blank. Yeah, it was uh, very powerful. Got you know a lot of a lot of media, national news, right? Because look, we've talked about this every week, and we're going to start the show talking about COVID nineteen again because you know it it just doesn't stop. It has gotten worse. Um, our governor has basically, you know, implored people to stop going out. Um, we have record testing rates, record hospitalizations. Um, this morning, a new article out, and we'll talk more about this, uh, warning that our hospitals are within two to six weeks of being at capacity in our ICU units. It is a very, very grave situation in terms of what's happening on COVID. Robert, I just want to get your thoughts. Uh, Anthony Fauci announced yesterday that we're not going to have a vaccine till next year. And so, like, let's just stop all this talk. Uh, Pence and Trump saying it's just around the corner. Also suggested we're, we're not getting back to normal until 2020. Sorry, I meant to say 2022. Sorry. I, I, okay. <laughs> my bad there. We're getting back 2022, to 2022, okay. 2022, I, that's a lot of podcasts uh, from our homes, yes. Look, even more damaging than the disastrously bad uh, federal response uh, caused by Donald Trump and the radical right Republican Party, it's not a conservative party anymore, is the way the public has been misled from the beginning, from January, as the Bob Woodward interview shows, and they've been misled the, about what this is, how long it will be. And that's going to be very problematic because the misleading actually accelerates infection. Because you actually, the Marquette poll, what happened is, despite this huge exponential increase in Wisconsin, it's not moved the numbers on how seriously people are taking it. The majority are taking it seriously, but there's a huge minority that's not, and they're spreading the virus. And I rather like uh, this poster they had in Germany, in Berlin, which they put near night spots that were, where people were abusing the privilege and were, you know, not socially distancing and partying. They put up a, uh, a picture of a frail, there's like a, it was like a poster of a frail, uh, grandmotherly older woman with a mask on 
uh, holding up her middle finger, you know, the words at the partiers for endangering her. But that's the kind of thing that you try to break through on. I know that sounds over the top, but folks, uh, even a vaccine, uh, when you have it, does not simply end everything. The, uh, I saw an interview with six former Center for Disease Control heads, and what they said is, best case, it's 75% effective, and that's like best case. And best case, 75% take it. Then 50% are still exposed, which means we still, to some degree, are social distancing and masking, even with a vaccine and even with more therapeutics. Now, here's the good news. Once we have a functioning Center for Disease Control and a functioning federal government, which is why we have to win this election, we'll start to get much better information on what is and is not safe. And so we'll be able to resume some normal activities that are being discouraged now simply because the only option right now is a prophylactic style option where we just avoid any risk. And so it's going to get easier, but it starts with the information and the clear public messaging of what the science actually shows. And the science is evolving. The science is getting better, too but we're not hearing about it. And then you have to deal with the 30% that's going to be very angry if we win this election, which we have to on the progressive Democrat side. And they're going to have to be dealt with because the modern right has created this constituency of anti-science, non-factual people who will believe anything. And Fox News, I'm sorry, they're committing murder. You have to begin to wonder where the First Amendment starts violating other rights, like the right to life. You really do. Joanna, I want to get your thoughts. Obviously, you have been working very closely uh, with a number of candidates earlier this year and, and getting them, you know, helping, helping them in their efforts to think about running. Um, the Supreme Court this week has decided that they're going to take up uh, the case challenging the emergency powers of Evers. I mean, my sense has been, and I'd like to hear your take, that this, this is the top issue in the election. And this is going to be uh, uh, really, really dynamite in terms of what candidates are talking about. This whole idea that uh, the Republicans have essentially done nothing, and the only thing they've done is sue. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this late-breaking news that the Supreme Court is going to be taking this case up as we head into the, to, to the last week of this election. Yeah, you know, it's really unfortunate. We're constantly seeing... Um, even from GOP that we shouldn't make this pandemic political, right? Like we shouldn't politicize this. And yet every day um, we're seeing it politicized, right? We're seeing it div um, dividing people. You know, I just read, an, read a headline that says um, an American dies from COVID every 107 seconds, right? So this is absolutely on the top of every single candidate's uh, agenda, right? Like, Every time we talk to somebody that's running for office, whether they are an incumbent or a new candidate, um, you know, we ask them, like, what's the number one issue in your community? What are folks saying to you on the, on the phones? Um, and they say COVID, right? Like, everybody is concerned about this, no matter what side of the aisle you are on. And so to see it politicized so much is really heartbreaking. Um, and, you know, I just want to just, again, shout out Claire and the amazing work that we uh, Citizen Action folks did and, and other local leaders to put on that memorial yesterday to see those 
600 empty chairs, I think was so powerful, you know, and, and I think we just need to do more of that, right? Like we need to bring the attention and like those powerful visuals to the forefront and in front of everybody so that we see, right? Like that messaging, right? You know, these chairs symbol, you know, the empty chairs that are going to be at folks' dinner tables, right? Like the holiday season is coming up and how sad is it that we are politicizing this horrific pandemic that's taking the lives of our friends and our neighbors um, all across this country. And when you mention politicizing it, it brings up Robin Voss. It was yesterday, Robin Voss, who of course leads the assembly, uh, an assembly that hasn't met for over six months, has done nothing. The only thing they've done actually in the COVID crisis, and we talked about it when they passed it, is pass through money that the federal government and that Congress essentially appropriated. They've done virtually nothing except sue. And yesterday, I wanted, and Robert, I want to get your thoughts on this. Robin Voss announces we need to remove the politics from the COVID response and admits that they've probably made some wrong decisions. Um, All while they're still continuing to sue over the mask mandate. The hypocrisy is quite, it's it's just hard to completely uh, uh, grasp it all, Robert. Well, it is absolutely stunning that the most stubborn political leader in America, other than Mitch McConnell, uh, Robin Voss, uh, cried uncle. This is not someone who ever admits fault. And of course, he still hasn't contacted the governor, according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel coverage, to actually talk about COVID plans. But at least he thinks he needs to signal this. And it just tells you to me, we know he knew it was dangerous all along, like Trump, when he went and volunteered as a poll worker in the pandemic primary, wore a hazmat suit, for God's sake, like it was radiation. Uh, But he's decided suddenly that your health uh, matters because it could affect his political career, since he is vulnerable, and his his position as speaker, since there's even an outside chance, uh, despite horrendously unfair maps, of a blue surge strong enough to take back the state assembly. Now, I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying it's shocking it's even possible. It's like uh, St. Mary's College uh, could beat Duke in college basketball kind of thing uh, here. Well, look, we're going to talk more about Robin Voss. We're going to talk more about the state legislature uh, after this break. we got to take a break here at the Battleground, Wisconsin, right? Yep, unfortunately, because we're on radio. got to do some commercials. But uh, you're listening to The Battleground, Wisconsin. And again, you can find us at citizenactionwi.org. Welcome back to The Battleground, Wisconsin. Again, we're Citizen Action. Before we jump back into our conversation about uh, Robin Voss, I do want to take the time to thank all of the uh, members and folks who got on last night uh, for a a wonderful Q&A session talking about the new documentary film that is out, um, Can You Hear Us Now? And it is about the gerrymandering and the voter suppression that goes on in the state and how it distorts democracy. A fantastic film. We want to thank uh, Jim Crickey and Susan Peters, who we had on last week, for pulling all this together and allowing us to be able to watch that film and be a part of just the amazing discussion of which uh, both Robert and Joanna were involved in last night. We also had Jenny Estrada and uh, Rebecca Clark, who ran for 
for office uh, two years ago and were the stars of the film, just uh, moving stories about uh, them that uh, really recommend people watch. And of course, also want to thank Emily Segrist, our amazing co-op member who is running one hell of a race to win a state assembly seat that's gerrymandered here in suburban Milwaukee. Um, she was also on to talk about her experience, um, but uh, just fantastic job. Robert, I thought you did a really good job with the discussion and want to encourage our listeners uh, that is still available for you to go on and click on to that link, watch the movie, and listen to the uh, discussion. You can also uh, find uh, the discussion on our Facebook page. We Facebook Live the event. So if you just want to hear the Q&A, I would recommend you go to our Facebook page and check that out. But please, uh, share this movie, watch it. Uh, you'll have to pay five bucks now, but that is well worth it. It's a fantastic film. This thing's going to win awards um, so please uh, check it out. We want to again thank everybody involved in that. But with that, I want to get back <laughs> to talking about how all this plays out around Robin Voss and Robert. You were talking about we were talking about the massive hypocrisy, uh, Joanna. I just this strikes me as a huge opportunity for state ledge candidates up and down the ticket, right? Because they're all on the Voss train in terms of not meeting, not doing anything, not speaking out. Um, this seems to me to be a great opportunity. We should be pretty excited about this from an opportunity to change this and overcome some of these maps. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's it's laughable that Voss um, is trying to act as though he has sympathy for folks related to COVID, right? Like, Voss has refused to convene the assembly for what, six months now? I mean, we have the least inactive legislature in the country here in Wisconsin, right? And so to hear him express any concern about the pandemic, we know it's because he knows that he is losing and his GOP colleagues are losing not only here in Wisconsin, but across the country, right? And that is why, um, you know, we're seeing the change in, in his narrative, right? But like, if he really is concerned and wants to do something, why isn't he calling in the legislature? Why isn't he bringing in our assembly folks that we elected to do their job, right? To, to provide some sort of aid to Wisconsinites, to help us get through this pandemic, right? I just had a conversation with uh, some entrepreneurs yesterday and like they're struggling. It's an amazing situation that you would have someone come out and state this right before. You wonder how much pressure he must be under from caucus members, you you accurately pointed out there that this is trickling down to other places where they're all being tagged as essentially doing nothing. And because they have, they haven't met. Robert, I want to give you an opportunity to for more comment on this. Well, I think we know what the modern uh, Republican is. It's not fair to call them conservative anymore because conservatism um, has a uh, very different kind of uh, pedigree and was about conserving traditions, conserving things we'd learned over the decades, uh, giving some deference to decisions past generations had made. None of that has existed with this uh, kind of uh, radical right position since really the Gingrich Revolution. And it was already present in the Goldwater Movement and the Reagan, Reagan era, but it, it's crested and gotten worse. And so it's about power, and it's about imposing the power, period. And they don't really have legislators. We talked about this in the Q&A 
that we had uh, with the documentary showing. Can you hear us now with the uh, candidates? Uh, and that is, they put people up who couldn't even debate, uh, stay indoors, not even just during a pandemic, because they picked them for a profile. And there's no way they're going to. That's why they walk, at, they walk in lockstep with Robin Voss and realize Robin Voss isn't the boss. There's money behind him. And you've got to realize the state Supreme Court was taken over by Wisconsin Manufacturers and Commerce. It's always also about the giant tax giveaway. Uh, Walker gave all manufacturing and destroyed our revenue base. They're the ones behind it. Other major business interests like the Tavern League. And they stand behind. And by the way, if Boss crashes and burned is taken out, they got another Robin Boss. So we got to stop thinking of it that way and thinking about it as a small right-wing plutocracy that in Wisconsin, which is the model, Scott Walker set the model, and that was his theory of becoming president, and nationally is now trying to take over the country. And that's why this election is so important. We still have a democracy, despite all of the interference by right-wing judges who are also on this program. Uh, and so, I mean, we had scary stuff this week. Uh, a number of right-wing justices in the Supreme Court are open to taking up the North Carolina and Pennsylvania cases on counting the ballots that were postmarked before Election Day and arrived later after the election, meaning with Judge Comey Barrett, they would intervene after the election when these voters thought they were following the rules. That is how bad, it, bad they are, but we are in a position to beat them. Don't feel hopeless. Finish the job. We're up couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Look, it is worth pointing out that Democrats have been able to raise a lot of money under these horrendous structures that were set up by the Republicans and then essentially made legal by the Wisconsin Supreme Court. We've talked about this. Um, it's basically what Walker did to win his recall elections and then the Supreme Court made it legal and so larger amounts of money, they've also changed the rules that have allowed large amounts of money to flow. And, 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 and the smartest man in the room, that's Robin Voss's nickname. Well, the smartest man in the room now has this system that he set up and helped enable and create is turned against them because of what's going on. And, and because of what's happening nationally, there's so much money that's being able to raise. The Democratic Party, they're having these online fundraisers they're raising millions of dollars. And, and because of structures Robin Voss and the Republicans set up and Walker and company and the state Supreme Court have said it's legal, right? Like it's just opened up the spigots and that's been turned against Voss. It is worth pointing out that there's over $700,000 that's being spent against Voss in the last few weeks in this election. Uh, I have it on good sources that uh, Voss has actually taken money out of other suburban districts, we believe potentially, uh, and moved it into his district, basically conceding a number of other suburban seats. So um, he's under definite attack, and it, it just reveals that this the system that that uh, he's been a part of and set up. And Robert, you accurately pointing out, it's not Voss; it is the structures and the and the the economic wealth and the, the systems behind it, and they will replace them. Uh, but there is a tremendous opportunity, is my point to the listeners. And it is absolutely critical we get involved uh, in this effort. Um, I also, uh, before we run to break, 
Um, Robert, I wanted to give you an opportunity. You heard you, there's news around the Trump campaign uh, here in Wisconsin not paying their workers, which I just I wanted to make sure we were able to have that conversation because it, it's, it, it's vintage Trump, absolutely vintage Trump. And just to, this is the, no, no, it's more than Trump. This is the radical right economy. This is the economy they're trying to po- impose on everyone. Uh, like I'll tell you, Citizen Action, and Matt can speak to other partners, we pay a minimum of 15 for our, for our deep canvas and provide the leads health insurance, okay? What does the Trump campaign do? They contract it out to something that's like a sweatshop, and they just summarily fired a bunch of workers assisting they didn't do the job and it was abusive, et cetera. There's a big Milwaukee Journal Sentinel article today. This is their view of the whole economy, and this is what their global economy is too. So it's just an example of it's all for them and workers and average middle-class people and anyone who want, needs a job, be damned. These are low-wage people who need the work, and they're just, and you, it's just horrendous. It, look, the campaign is behaving this way, the Trump campaign across the board. What went on this week, right, in Nebraska in terms of um, just leaving people stranded, right, uh, in, after their event, out in the cold? I mean, cold, come on, it was well below zero. Uh, not below zero, well below freezing. Um, speaks to this. It's it's broader, just sort of like everything is about making sure that you advance his interest and, you know, quite frankly, doesn't matter what you do to everybody else. They're there basically to be used as a prop. Um, I mean, just also, by the way, anyone who's listened to these speeches he's been giving this week where he comes in and talks like disparagingly about the the people that are in front of him and say, I, sh- I wouldn't be here if I didn't have to. And boy, this is cold. And just like really, really just totally revealing about who this guy is. And as you say, Robert, bigger than Trump, just sort of the ethos of the, the modern conservative movement in terms of how they don't value others. But with that, we got to take a break. We're going to talk more when we get back. You're listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. Again, you can find us at Citizen Action wi.org welcome back to battleground wisconsin again we're citizen action you can find us at citizenactionwi.org i would like to take this next segment just to have a have a conversation about sort of how this is playing out how the covid crisis is playing out in terms of um, the dynamics of a lot of folks, uh, this economy, we've forced this economy to open up without proper safeguards, without proper testing, without proper treatment, a whole bunch of things. Um, and we have spent a lot of time uh, also on this podcast talking about schools and why schools should not be open. And it's, we know it is helping the spread of this and the tremendous pressure that teachers and educators and public school systems and local health departments are under in this crisis. Uh, as most school districts have gone back to in-person learning, um, we want to play and play some audio that we have that, um, that I think really accurately sort of lays out uh, the pressure that teachers are under, and when you have a zero response to the pandemic, that uh, you get this environment. Robert, set this up, set up this uh, audio for us, please, and we'll yes. talk more about it on the back end. This is a voicemail left on the cell phone of a teacher union leader who has been out front in trying to make school districts be safe and not endanger 
teachers and the kids and all of their families, because it may be the person who may get affected will be someone's aunt or grandmother or someone uh, frail at home as the virus spreads. And you'll just see this is like a representative sample of what the modern radical right has tried to foment an emotion in people that is so toxic and damaging to our democracy and to work and to even living together peacefully, let alone coming together as a nation. Apparently you're on some kind of witch hunt to get our kids kicked out of school. I'd like to know with my kids graduating this year from high school and you demolishing your education because you and your teachers apparently can't do your job. The rest of us are essential workers have been doing our job for nine months now, regardless of what is going on with the COVID virus. You know, did you guys not get into teaching because you're supposed to be there for our children? For all the money we pay for taxes and for your overinflated salaries, don't you think you guys should just get to work and do your job like the rest of us have to? You know, we all pull our pants leg up one at a time. I, I think it's about time the teachers start, you know, pulling their weight in this. The rest of us are paying their taxes so you guys can live your sweet life. Get to work. So there you have it. There's, that's the video. That is powerful stuff. Joanna, I'd like to get your immediate response to what you just heard. Oh, my God. Oh, my God is my immediate response. Um, you know, we just got done talking about how Boss and his cronies have not gone to work for nearly six months, right? That's what, roughly 200 days. Um, and so it's just, it's just really shameful and disheartening to hear like that teachers need to like get it together. Um, I think that it's just a sign of the lack of, I don't know, respect or the, just the disinformation. I'm not sure what it is, but it's just really, I think that we need to be directing our anger towards someone else. Like we're, you know, we're trying to show, or we're trying to say that our teachers aren't doing their jobs yet. We have these elected officials that we've put into office to, you know, work for our communities and bring the resources that we need so that we can thrive and they're not doing their jobs. And I just really think that I wish that we could see more folks just directing that anger and that frustration towards boss and the GOP and like urging them to get back to work because that's really the way that we're going to see um, some sort of recovery, right? Like that's the way that we're going to help slow the spread, right? The only thing that the GOP has done as far as work is, or try to sue the governor, right? From, and stopping him from, from using his powers to, to slow down this pandemic. It's, it's just shameful. Like I, I am just in shock. I can't believe it. And, it, and I just want to shout out our teachers uh, you know, thank you so much for everything that you're doing for our young people, um, you know, through virtual learning. And, you know, I, I see videos all the time of these teachers doing everything they can to engage their students through virtual learning. Um, and it's just unfortunate that, you know, they have to deal with this type of backlash. I'm super impressed with what I've seen in the virtual learning side through MPS um, and the fact that they made that commitment early on and gave the teachers well over a month to learn the tools, prepare, um, has made it uh, as good a situation as you could expect in a pandemic, right? Um, but I would be mortified if my son had to go to Rufus King every day right now and, and mix with, you know, thousand, a thousand plus kids. It'd be that's just untenable in my mind. Uh, but anyways, Robert, your, your comments. Look, we use this parent uh, simply as a representative of what kind of public opinion, what kind of emotions have been fomented by the radical right for the benefit of the people at the top. So it's people like Wisconsin Manufacturing and Commerce that are behind 
invoking these emotions and having a whole media system, right-wing radio, Fox News, politicians that do this, including the whole Republican Party here with Act 10, uh, to create such a level of disrespect and hatred that they can just get more of the proceeds of society. You got to remember, the only people doing better in this society are the, are the billionaires, the 0.11%, and we've been releasing data on that. And the only people that were bailed out fully by the federal government were the biggest corporations. So they're getting uh, kind of first-class service from the Federal Reserve Board and easy money to bail them out. And everyone else has been left high and dry, all working people. And so what you have in this voicemail is first, you have the absolute hatred and disrespect. It's dripping with disrespect. Teachers apparently are some kind of slave that should be lucky for whatever salary they get. And because he has a tax burden, they should do whatever. They should be cannon fodder and their family should be cannon fodder, right? By the way, it's just false. Teachers make less than other professionals similarly educated. Okay, it's just false. Uh, and by the way, his taxes are high in part because uh, corporations have used the Republican Party to get out of their tax burden, not just under Walker, but over decades. And some Democrats have been complicit in that. We have to admit that, too. This is all this is uh, this is bipartisan in a lot of ways, this this economy and this unfair structure. But when you have these kind of emotions, it's hard to figure out these are undemocratic, how people ever work together. I mean, for the parent to be concerned about what happens to their kids, concerned about what happens when the kids have to be home and both parents work and to talk to others about how do we make it safe for teachers? That would be fine. We can have differences, differences of what to do and discussion. But this is just a middle finger. This is literally, you go and do your job. Really, the legislature, as Joanna said, is not doing its job. Uh, Donald Trump is not doing his job. It's shocking, but uh, people on the, on the other side think he's doing a great job, and the polls show that, regardless of facts. Uh, it's just really problematic, and they have fomented these anti-democratic emotions and this hatred, this level of hatred and vitriol that's going to be very hard to handle even after Trump is defeated. And we're going to have to think a lot about de-escalation, but w the one good thing I want to say is Landslide voted for Richard Nixon in 1972. By the time he was impeached, when you did polling four years later, most of the people thought they claimed they didn't vote for Nixon. So there's a lot of people that'll move once you remove Robin Voss and Scott Walker and Donald Trump from power. But it's still a problem. They've left a mess in public opinion for their own selfish political and economic purposes and their own greed. I want to remind our listeners, right, like this 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 message is left on a week when again we are talking about literally talking about a shortage of healthcare professionals in the next week or two if this continues and um i suggest folks read the journal sentinel article that guy bolton wrote i mean the quotes in there i mean this is very serious they're talking about that there is nothing one quote there's nothing magical about this math and if we keep our schools open in a lot of in in our communities, the idea that we're going to bend this curve, I, I don't see how it happens. Um, we need to stop being together in locations indoors. I don't care if these kids have masks on right now. I just think, given where we're spiking, this is this is crazy. 
um, and, and, and we need to take it seriously. And I, I think as you both pointed out, the idea is we have to own that no matter what happens, the, our political process has failed us in this state and nationally. Um, and we have an opportunity, right, to start to try to change that. But Robert, you accurately point out, right, this, this isn't going to magically change. These numbers aren't going to change. And this is going to require a serious investment of resources. The testing is, is, is back to just abominable situations. The, the, Miller Park, you can't even get, the lines are extraordinarily long. They, they're turning people away. They're at their max capacity. Um, it's just, we got to get serious about this. It's going to be a massive, will require massive inve investment of resources. There are a lot of workers who have been forced into being essential workers because we have not, from the top down, put the kind of resources we need investment so folks, so we can make smart public health decisions first. And so that is what's at stake this week. And I want to ground everybody and remember, we have a lot of time left to still make calls, to get out, support candidates, support state legislative candidates uh, who are going to do something and, and actually believe that government can solve our most pressing problems, which holy crap, if a pandemic isn't the most pressing problem we face, I don't know what it is. So we got one more segment. When we come back, we are going to talk about what happens after the election. There's been a lot of discussion, a lot of concern that there will be a lot of mischief making and just out to write outright attempts by Trump and his allies to try to take the election. We're, we're going to talk more about that when we get back. You're listening to The Battleground Wisconsin. Welcome back to The Battleground Wisconsin. Again, we're Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. We want to spend this last segment talking about uh, a topic that we have uh, certainly talked about before, and that is this idea that the president and uh, his allies, his uh, in the right wing and conservatives, might try to do all sorts of things to mess with the election results, to call into question uh, a system that we all know is is uh, quite sound. Robert, give us set set the table a little bit for you know what 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 a lot of people are concerned about, and then Joanna, you have been doing a lot of work on this. We're gonna, I'm going to ask you to, after Robert talks, to inform our listeners about a lot of what's happening here and, and how well organized we are to prepare for a lot of this. Robert? Right. So I think people know the threat because the good thing, not every detail necessarily, though some folks do who read this closely, uh, but not only we have a right-wing ideology that will stop at nothing. There doesn't seem to be, I mean, the, the pandemic has taken off any notion that they won't, uh, you know, kill people for their own benefit, because that's what's happening. Uh, and Donald Trump doesn't keep a secret. He says the quiet part. So he's been saying all this stuff out loud, which would be, is unheard of even for a lot of authoritarians uh, uh, internationally who pretend to be Demo small D Democrats and aren't. I will say in response, and you, you worry about Trump, you worry about Attorney General Barr, you worry about the, the Republicans in the Wisconsin legislature, and you worry about uh, federal and state right-wing judges uh, that uh, are really politicians in robes, right? They're, and they may have some complicated legal philosophy that justifies it, but we know what the decision ends up being, 99% of the cases. And so 
in that case, um, we have to be prepared and I can report to everyone independent of specific Wisconsin information that this is the best planned, best prepared election defense, not only during the voting itself, we can call it the vote, the, the, the counting day and the in-person voting day. People have been voting for quite a long time in most states and then afterwards. And so I want people to rest assured that this is being taken seriously and there is substantial planning going in. And we'll give you resources where you can find very specific details. Joanna uh, Bouch, our movement policy director, who is, uh, who is guesting today, she is uh, representing us, Citizen Action Wisconsin, this whole process with a lot of other groups. And she can say a little more about the Wisconsin strategy, but understanding that she won't be able to provide every nuanced detail for every city, but will on the, uh, in, the, in the Battleground Wisconsin section of the website provide links to those resources for those of you who want to be plugged in. So Joanna, I know you've been part of the Wisconsin piece, and can you say a little about the broader, I guess, strategy, and then any details you think are relevant for you know, a listening audience, knowing that, they, that we can't tell them event locations daily in every city on a, on a radio show? Yeah, thank you, Robert. So absolutely, right? We've been working super hard in Wisconsin, you know, from community-based organizations to labor to really come back, to come together to create a narrative that's going to combat any sort of messaging, right, from the Trump administration uh, or any other really elected um, trying to claim victory before ballots are counted, right? We've seen uh, more absentee ballots than we've ever seen before. And so we know that that's going to cause the counting to take a little bit longer, right? It could take a few days till we get all the ballots counted in Wisconsin, and that's okay. And so one of the things we have going on, um, you know, at this Wisconsin Fights Back table is uh, a pledge for Wisconsin uh, Wisconsinites to sign on, calling on our elected leaders to ensure, you know, the integrity of our election and that every vote is counted. You know, and we can provide the link um, to that pledge uh, in the footnotes because we should all be signing on it, right? We should all be calling on our elected officials to, to respect our votes and make sure that they do not alter and who uh, the Wisconsin folks cast their, cast their ballots for, right? Other things we're doing is, is mobilizing. We know that people in the streets um, is the powerful message uh, that's gonna combat any type of right-wing negative narrative, right? We know that organized people, like we do every day at Citizen Action, is the answer. And so we have mobilizations going on in from Milwaukee to La Crosse, Green Bay, um, and even in the north, the northern area of the state. Um, and we are going to be out in the streets, um, you know, on election day, and for as long as it takes to ensure that every single vote in Wisconsin is counted. Um, and I'm really proud of all the work that we've been doing, you know. And folks should, you know, get in touch with their local organizations or just keep an eye on, out on social media. You know, for security reasons, not all the details are out about these events, um, but you should definitely stay uh, connected so that you know where to, where you can, you know, use your voice, um, because we need to all come together in this huge battle to protect our democracy. I want to want to remind our listeners. I think you know what's important about this is 
we should be concerned and be prepared, right? And that's exactly what we're doing. We're organizing and getting prepared. Um, we should not be unduly spreading fear to people that we don't want anyone to like worry that somehow their, their ballots aren't going to count, right? Because that does suppress the vote. And so the reality is our systems are strong. There will be mistakes, right? It's human error. We'll, There'll, there'll be those stories that'll all be trumped up to try to make it uh, sound like there's broader systemic issues, but there aren't. Uh, systemically, the systems are strong and it's, uh, it's going to be, you know, a weak, sad, pathetic politician like Donald Trump who will try to make more of it. And as Robert said, unfortunately, we have, we have politicians in robes in our courts, and that is probably one of our biggest weaknesses. And so uh, public opinion will matter and how we're well organized and uh, folks should know we'll be in position and absolutely watch our social media, watch our Facebook, watch our Twitter. We will be prepared to be responding in real time. Our digital director is already working and preparing to be in a position to be able to work and respond if there's any issues. So certainly you'll be able to stay informed and we're fortunate to have Joanna uh, leading our work on this and uh, we are ready for that. Uh, Robert, uh, additional, additional thoughts and comments. Yeah, and I know people are probably concerned we're in a pandemic, and Joanna was talking about mobilization, which unfortunately is the only way to do it. Believe you me, everything will be done to keep people safe, and outdoor social distancing, wearing a mask is very safe. We know that the, uh, that the uh, racial justice protests didn't, were not super spreaders, only the Trump events are, where they pack people together without masks. They are. And the other thing people are aware of is uh, the violence but, uh, threat. There is a lot of violence on the other side. Uh, the research from the FBI is, is that by far the greatest amount of violence in the United States, back to Nakhnetti, is right-wing extremist groups. And we have scary things in Michigan, right, where they're going to conceal open carry and they, the threat to uh, the plot, not just the threat, to kidnap the governor and take her to Wisconsin, to northern Wisconsin for trial and uh, God knows what else after they convicted her. Here's the thing. Everyone's taking this very seriously. And all of the leads and the people involved are going through serious de-escalation trading. So we are about peace and that we will make this peaceful and we will not be confronting uh, dangerous people and we will be holding the people who should, the police, accountable. And Attorney General Call has been very good about this too for keeping the peace, even though we do need investigations into all of the connections between the far right and police departments. But at this point, they better, or it's gonna be quite the scandal and we need to end that, that's their job. Not the, uh, the people, not people exercising their First Amendment rights to participate in our democracy. So it will be COVID safe. We will de-escalate. And with that, folks, let's, uh, let's get out and vote. Let's, uh, if you haven't, make sure there's still early voting available. There's drop boxes available. If you have an absentee ballot, please don't put it in the mail at this point. Let's get those into drop boxes or get them into the appropriate uh, clerk's offices, and you still have time. Got to get that in uh, on, on by election day. Uh, but before we go, I do want to let our listeners know we are really excited after the election uh, this November. We are going to be having our annual Brewfest fundraiser. It's going to be occurring online this year. 
Um, so there'll be no, no, we can't get together and uh, drink great beers, but nonetheless, we're really excited. Uh, we're going to have um, an online virtual event on Wednesday, November 18th, and it's going to feature Senator Tammy Baldwin and Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. And we're going to be able to hopefully celebrate, but also really look forward and with both of them and have a discussion and conversation with them about the future and where we go and how we start addressing all of these issues we just talked about. With that, we got a roll. Folks, get out and vote. We want to thank our producer, Brian Wildridge, who makes this podcast happen. I want to thank Joanna Bouch, who joined us as special guest uh, panelist. Uh, folks may not know this, but Joanna was a little under the weather, and she uh, troopered through that. We want to thank her for that. Uh, we look forward to uh, having Claire back and hope uh, she is doing well. Robert Craig, thank you again, and we'll see you next week here at the Battleground, Wisconsin. <laughs>